for the convenience of time, I'm going to start at a base level of knowledge that we all agree the infilling of the ruck and the gifts of the Spirit are real for today and available to all. I believe too much time is spent in apologetics in many areas, including the argument that the ruach is not for today. This is why many congregations no longer have their menorah or their lampstand, according to the book of Revelation. Read your Bible. The ruach is real and is for every one of us today. And I think few times in the course of human history, other than 2,000 years ago, has it been more important than it is today, right now, in our world situation, to be filled with and immersed into the Holy Spirit. What I want to focus upon is the necessity of operating through this with this coupling of charisma. There's a pattern seated throughout the world regarding the power, God's presence in the fire. We see the fire, the presence and the power of God go from the top of Mount Sinai, then transition to the Mishkan or the tabernacle among the people, then transition again to the permanent structure known as Solomon's Temple, then a more profound transition after Yeshua's death and resurrection. We witness another transition where once again, with all the people gathered together, the fire, the presence, and the power went from among them to within us. In Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, the festival of Shavuot arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from the sky, like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Acts chapter 2 is a key revelation of the combining of the Holy Spirit with charisma. Listen, God wants to send his fire again. He wants to invade the natural with the supernatural. He reveals himself to those who are earnestly seeking him, looking for him. It is highly significant that the symbol which rested upon them was tongues of fire. This marked the transition from his, of his divine presence from Mount Sinai to the temple to now within you and I, who are his holy of holies. The presence and the power has transitioned to now dwell within you. Your heart is his altar. This has been God's desire since the very beginning when Adam and I walked daily in the garden in the evening with Adam. Since the fall, he has wanted to be with us, to be in every one of us. The fire upon the heads of those Talmudim marked the transition from a stone sanctuary to within our hearts, being the sanctuaries he proclaimed in Exodus 25. We now prepare a place, a sanctuary for him. We are the living sacrifice unto him. It's come full circle from God walking with Adam and Eve to God now dwelling within us, within you and I. And so how do we make the transition? Yeshua instructed the Talmudim to go to Jerusalem and wait. Remember Acts verse or chapter 1, verse 8? He says, but you will receive lambana, which means to take upon oneself, to lay a hold of, to take it up, to carry with you, to take possession of, to claim, to choose, to procure, to associate with oneself as a companion. You will receive. You've got to choose this power. You've got to pick up this power. You've got to lay a hold of it. You've got to take it when the Ruach HaKodesh comes upon you. Then we will be his witness both in Jerusalem and to Judah and and Samaria and indeed to the ends of the earth. This deutimous power must be received. We have to want and receive the Ruach, which contains the fire and the power. You have to take it up. You've got to carry it. You've got to make it your companion and associate. It must reside within you, but to get there, you have to invite it and let it in. The Ruach and the power is the same for both Jew and Gentile alike. 
The power of the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, will break down the wall of enmity. It will destroy separation. It will destroy racism. It will destroy bigotry. And it releases the supernatural through signs and wonders. A Messianic Kehelet that will receive the dunamis power, who will choose the Ruach and let it reside with them to be their associate, their companion, will once again become an entity that will bring about radical Jewish salvations and change the world. It will shift the narrative. This body will operate as one, unified and in solidarity in one accord. The dunamis power is not of this earth, and nothing can stop or inhibit it once it's in you. This takes us back to that 120 in the upper room who were in one accord. They exhibited great sacrifice, extreme zeal, supernatural passion, and a never-ending desire for the presence of God in Yeshua, according to Acts chapter 2. And yet of this 120 in that upper room, there's one person that stands out. There's one person that carried this Messianic anointing, this chrisma. Peter, Kepha, was a magnet with great charisma. Acts chapter 2 is a pivotal point, a radical paradigm shift in the biblical narrative. Over 120 men and women became immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh, something that previously had been limited to the prophets. And this happened in an upper room in Jerusalem. And when the Ruach fell like a roaring wind, and it hit them, and they poured out of that upper room with what looked like these tongues of fire, these flames over their heads, they began speaking in all the languages of the nations. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of Jews from the diaspora celebrating Shavuot at the temple wondered how these Talmudim of Yeshua, these simple people of the land, were speaking so many languages. This is Acts 2, verses 5 through 13. And some suppose the Talmudim were drunk, while some think the disciples uh, were chaotic and confused. But as we read the actual words, let's start in Acts 2, starting at verse 8. They question, how is it that we hear them speaking in our native languages? We are Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews by birth, and proselytes. So this is non-Jewish believers, Jews from Crete and from Arabia. How is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things God has done. Verse 12 says, Amazed and confused, they all went on asking each other, What can this mean? But others made fun of them, verse 13, and said, Oh, they've had just too much wine. Is it, is it this prophetic crossroads right now that when the charismatic Peter boldly stands up and addresses the crowd? In verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, Then he stood up with the eleven and raised his voice to address them. You Judeans and all of you staying here in Yerushalayim, let me tell you what this means. Listen carefully to me. Now listen, this is the same Peter who denied Yeshua after he was arrested. Now, 50 days later, he has everyone's captive attention with a powerful, compelling message to those celebrating Shavuot in Jerusalem. And they listen to him. This diverse group receives and accepts his message. Why is that? Because he's got charisma. He has this charisma, this messianic anointing of 1 John 2.27. Remember, this is that believers have an anointing from the Holy One. Indicates that this anointing renders them holy, separating them to God. This is the definition now of charisma. It's a special endowment. 
This passage teaches that the gift of the Holy Spirit is the all-efficient means of enabling believers to possess a knowledge of the truth. Peter has this special endowment that allowed him to capture the attention of this diverse crowd, and coupled with what? He had just received the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh of the Holy Spirit. In verse 40 of Acts chapter 2 and 41, and and he, he goes on powerfully retelling the truth in the story of Yeshua. Verse 40 says, he pressed his case with many other arguments and kept pleading with them, save yourselves from this perverse generation. And so those who accepted what he said were immersed, and they were added to that group that day about 3,000 people. Peter gave many arguments. He pleaded with the people earnestly, save yourselves from this perverse generation. The Messianic anointing gave him a connection to the people, and they listened. Let's look at a few of the traits of a Messianic anointing, of a charismatic leader. You know, many people view charisma as somewhat of a mystical uh, entity. Uh, They think it's associated with good looks, uh, handsome people who have a certain charm with smooth words. And I'll be honest, it's like a a high-pressure timeshare salesman or a used car salesman. They just are able to make these supernatural connections that has to do with looks and your ability to speak. But this is not, charisma is not something you're born with. Charisma, the Messianic anointing, is a God-given ability coupled with the Ruach HaKodesh to garner people's attention, to draw people to you and what you stand for. It causes them to truly listen, hear, and will move people to action. The good news, let's look at the traits of charisma, the Messianic anointing in Peter, that made him charismatic. And this is, again, all from uh, Acts 2, verses 14 through 40. He had great confidence. Peter displayed a great supernatural confidence. He boldly addresses the crowd with a powerful and optimistic message about salvation. He was a good orator, a confident communicator. Now, great confidence is sometimes viewed as pride and arrogance by those who don't have discernment. It's important to know the difference. And those who are truly in Yeshua will know the difference between that and actual biblical confidence. Number two, he had great conviction. Peter spoke directly from his heart. No message was prepared or written. He didn't pull out his notes. He didn't get out his iPad. He spoke what he knew and what he had experienced. He was an expert because he was there. He was there for every message and miracle Yeshua performed. Speaking with great conviction brings credibility and believability to the message. Leaders with conviction create an environment of certainty for everyone. Deep conviction does not fluctuate based upon emotions, circumstances, opinions, who is around, what's happening in life, the world situation. It is a motivation that cannot be taken away, and everyone can see it. You walk out your convictions in your daily life. People know when you're real. Number three, he had great connection. Peter was connected to the people there celebrating Shavuot. He was not focused upon himself. That Messianic anointing, that charisma, charisma gave him a supernatural connection to those whom he was speaking to, and they listened. Number four, he had great compassion. He shows great compassion through his message to the people to be saved. He did exactly as his master did. 
Yeshua himself, many, many times in the Gospels, had great compassion for the people. When the people responded to Peter's message and plea, they asked, what shall we do? Peter has the answer. They were motivated and ready to act. God used Peter's charisma like a magnet. They just flocked to him. How can you obtain charisma? If you want to be charismatic, one must be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and this charisma, this messianic anointing of 1 John 2. This is what will draw people to you, to listen to you. This infilling, this heavenly impartation of the Ruach and the charisma will give you the confidence, the conviction, the connection, the compassion, and may I say even passion for the good news, for the kingdom, for Yeshua. Peter had it and more. And what's interesting is that all these are the start, the seeds of revival. From this very small beginnings, think about this, 120 in an upper room, we start seeing quantum growth, 3,000, then 5,000. And by the time we get to Acts 21, tens of thousands. And in the Greek, it means you can't count it. Innumerable Jewish believers, zealots for the word of God. And what did it start with? An infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh and this Messianic anointing, this charisma, this charisma. And from those small seeds, we see the power and the fire of God sweep around the known world. By within several hundred years, two-thirds of the known world are believers in Messiah and Yeshua. The power and presence of God through the Ruach brought about one of the greatest moves of God we've ever experienced. And from then on, signs and wonders, miracle, they raised the dead, the sick were healed, and thousands upon thousands of Jewish people received Yeshua. To do this, one must be willing to sacrifice in order to see this infilling within us, to have that fire fall once again, to be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and to receive. Remember, Lambano in the Greek, we have to pick this up, we have to receive it, you have to want it. This isn't a passing event, but a radical life change. It's a paradigm shift. And if you want to succeed, if you want to see the kingdom of God expand supernaturally, you've got to move forth with charisma, with this messianic anointing, coupled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. These two are fire starters within a person that will turn the world upside down, that will give you the boldness to interject. Listen, Peter wasn't asked to speak. He's responding to all this gibberish, all this chaos going around with this upper room experience, and he stands up in a loud, bold voice. He says, listen to me, and they do. Why is that? Because he had just been filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was filled with this messianic anointing, which he received, and it made him incredibly charismatic. Mishpacha, I want to change the world. You want to see the messianic reign be established here? and Yeshua return, we got to go back to our first love, and we've got to receive that Holy Spirit. We've got to receive this Messianic anointing and move forward profoundly and boldly with confidence, conviction, with connection to the people, and great compassion. That's what makes us relevant in a world spiraling out of control. I pray this blesses you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May you move forward in the power the dudamus power of the Holy Spirit, and in a fresh messianic anointing from heaven. Shalom.